0: This is the On The Banks Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Aaron Brightman.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 98 of the On The Banks Podcast. I'm your host and managing editor, Aaron Brightman. Thanks so much for joining us once again. It has been quite a year both in life with uh, the pandemic, but also following Rucker sports. It's been a truly landmark year in terms of progress for the school within the Big Ten uh, as an athletic department posted the best record overall since joining the Big Ten in 2014-2015. During the 2020-21 academic year, Rutgers finished with an overall record of a winning percentage of 424. While that is not obviously where Rutgers wants to be long-term, it is significant in the progress made well above the previous year's previous best mark of 357 winning percentage. The men's teams actually finished with a 500 overall record, had multiple teams go to the NCAA tournament, four different programs won NCAA tournament games, Although that elusive Big Ten title is still up for grabs, it certainly was a year action-packed, especially with multiple seasons taking place at the same time, the fall season taking place during winter and spring as well. So it was uh, a lot to follow and a lot to be excited about for now and in the future. And with that sentiment, wanted to really uh, review this past year with all the progress made within Rutgers Athletics and welcome in uh, longtime On the Bank's contributor, David Anderson, who has covered a football program, but also uh, gymnastics and baseball for many years for the site. I really always value his insight and perspective on all the different programs within Rutgers. So really excited to talk about so many promising programs within Rutgers Athletics, and I welcome in David now. And now it's my pleasure to welcome in David Anderson, longtime On the Banks contributor, someone that I value his opinion very much on the entire landscape within Rutgers Athletics. David, thanks for being here. Excited to talk to you about this past year with Rutgers. I'm happy to be here. Thanks
0: for having me. Kind of reminds me of, I think it was the very first On the Banks podcast where we actually went through all the sports. I don't know if we've done that anytime since.
1: That, that was our first one with Lance, and uh, it's good to be back with you on episode 98. So much to talk about this past year. A lot of promising progress by several programs and certainly a certain level of success that Rutgers hasn't had uh, on, across multiple sports this past year. So let's jump into what I think we were the, the top success stories of the year. Let's start with the most recent, which was rowing. Really unbelievable progress under head coach Justin Price. Total relevancy for the program before he came Great hire by Pat Hobbs, and they just competed at the NCAA Championships with a program-best seventh-place finish. What do you make of the season that they had?
0: Overall, obviously, it was great. If anything, it was one of those seasons where you had shifting expectations and not winning the Big Ten when about a week before we were looking at the stopwatch times, it was like, well, they actually could do it. So... I don't want to, you know, take anything away from the season, but it was one of those ones where it just kept building and building and building. And it was almost like a, a tiny little disappointment at the end, but when you take a step back, it was a great season.
1: Yeah. The big 10 really is loaded and Michigan and Ohio state finished right above Rutgers uh, in the NCAA championship. So certainly those three programs are in a great position to uh, compete for the big 10 title and uh, finish in the top five of the NCA's year after year. Moving on. Women's lacrosse, historic season, first ever NCAA tournament win, quite a Big Ten debut for head coach Melissa Lehman. She was at Rutgers the year before, but there was no conference season due to COVID. You know, I, I'm really excited about where she's taking this program. What were your thoughts on this season?
0: Well, Melissa and I actually were both economics majors in the same class and graduated together. So am I surprised at her success? No. But at the <laughs> same time, I think that the big the big takeaway that I had was... You know, when I looked at the program that she had played for and and coached with in her previous stops, there was this kind of the same mentality that I saw from the team this year, which is you're going to get gritty at the beginning, and then you're going to see growth over the course of the season. And like many programs we're going to talk about on today's call, really, they just need more firepower. Now, this particular team, they showed a lot of growth as the season went along. I didn't expect what I saw at the beginning of the season to be. Really the product we saw at the end, it was amazing, the transformation that happened. And it sounded like when you interviewed her in a previous podcast, there was really the buy-in. And that's the key. So if they can keep that going, I mean, I, we'll talk more about this later in the podcast about, you know, what programs are positioned for long-term success, but women's lacrosse definitely up there.
1: Talking about lacrosse, men's lacrosse, uh, first NCAA tournament appearance since 2004, first NCAA tournament win since 1990, came ever so close to the program's first ever Final Four berth, arguably the best uh, lacrosse game other than the NCAA final uh, this season in that bittersweet loss to North Carolina. Obviously, a a storied senior class uh, going out in style. What were your thoughts on this season? Obviously, an All-Big Ten schedule was was not easy, but a second-place finish was uh, the best uh, for the program since joining the league.
0: Yeah. I mean, for the Rutgers sports fan who watches all the different sports, there's an argument that could be made that this was the most exciting Rutgers sports team to watch all season. And I was actually walking in uh, South Beach that week and during the NCAA tournament. And people were watching this game at, you know, just open TVs, both games in the NCAA tournament, I should say. Let me clarify. Right. Their first round win as well as their uh, elite eight matchup. So that was just amazing to see. Just the national publicity that comes from that type of run is incredible. I was really happy for them. We'll get to men's basketball in a second, but it was kind of the same thing where they kind of were right on the cusp of doing something amazing for several years. And they broke through though with that loss, you know, uh, just almost in the final four. It was again, kind of like the women's rowing team, like, You thought maybe we could have seen more, but when you take a step back, it was an unbelievable season for this program. I think that's a great point. And we
1: could segue right into men's basketball. I think, you know, it's easy to forget as we're experiencing success of how bad things have been you know, within Rutgers athletics over the past three decades. And I think no program symbolizes that more than men's basketball, obviously right on the cusp of uh, defeating Houston uh, in the second round, um, similar to to men's lacrosse. Like you said, overall, I think, you know, it's, it's, I'm very uh, fascinated by, and I mentioned this uh, in an article before about how as your teams get better, the losses get harder to end the season. And I think that's also a sign of success. As, as someone that covers basketball pretty extensively, I think the future is bright. What are your thoughts on, on what this group did and, and how Paykel how has this team positioned?
0: Well, first, let me say that for all of our loyal readers and listeners, they know that I'm pretty calm and collected with my takes on most sports, but basketball, men's basketball particularly, is the one that I often have some ridiculous hot takes. So let me clarify that because let me see what I have to say about this, which is I was so happy to see this team. I watched that first round game with my dad. For those who have read just like why I love Rutgers, you know how important that was to me. My favorite thing I ever wrote for the site. But looking at this team, they were flawed in a way, but that's not what drove me crazy. It's that they, at times, were able to just turn turn the gas on and just blow other teams out. While other times there seemed to be, whether there's some, you know, cultural thing or or something going on, it it left you, like you said, with these other sports, like wanting more. But when you look at just, you know, I had never seen Rutgers basketball in a men's NCAA tournament game, which was amazing. So we'll talk a little bit more about how they are long-term, but this season was, was a very fun ride. And every game you knew that they had a chance to win no matter who they played. And that's the first time I could say that probably since maybe 2000 and four or three the year that they played Syracuse who ultimately won the national title I think this was the highest upside team that they've had since then so it was really really fun And uh, just lastly, talking about, I think, a top
1: success this year, although um, in dual meets, Rutgers Wrestling did not have a win. I strongly feel they would have uh, defeated Maryland had that uh, match taken place, was canceled at the last minute due to COVID. But history was made with three All-Americans at the NCAA championships. I just think what Scott Cadell has done with this program from the beginning to now is really remarkable. Coming off two years ago with two national champions, um, obviously they didn't have Soriano this year getting Alvarez to transfer in was huge. Um, but the freshman, John Posnanski, just unbelievable uh, debut. You know, I, I think you could absolutely consider them one of the most successful programs this past season. Like I said, despite not wanting to dual meet, uh, what they did at Nationals was, was very impressive.
0: This was kind of going to lead us into our next section to talk about the programs that are models of consistency because to me, I just didn't feel like this wrestling season was a success. But that's not because they weren't good. It's because... We just have such high expectations now for them. When I look at this program in the last five years, really what, what is impressive is how they'll take a redshirt freshman who didn't even wrestle as a, as a true freshman, and then that, that, that individual is competing for you know, Big Ten hardware. And it seems like those more underdog-type wrestlers are the ones who are having great success here. And that makes you confident that if a couple more of those guys break through, we'll see more national champions. I mean, three All-Americans this year – like, there's more guys on this team who could be on that podium.
1: Totally agree. Great transition to uh, our next section, which is models of consistency. You know, women's field hockey had Coach Civico on earlier after her season. Really, you know, the last three years, this has been a, a really, really strong program. They broke that long drought with the NCAA tournament, thirty-four year drought in, in eighteen. You know, in any normal year, they would have made the NCAA tournament this year. They finished seventh nationally in the polls. Had the, the best ever or highest ranked win ever against number four Northwestern. They swept them and Penn State back to back weekends, top ten wins. They're well positioned for next season as well with with um, Gianna Glatz, who really is you know arguably one of the best. Um, I'd say top three athletes at Rutgers right now. What were your thoughts on the
0: season? And obviously, a bittersweet ending, but uh, what what were your thoughts? Well, let me start with Glatz. When we were first prepping for this uh, podcast, my first note was like, she's got to be out of eligibility, right? But turns out that with her coming back, obviously, I'm a lot more bullish on this program. Overall, they were also fun to watch. I mean, other than the men's lacrosse team, I would say field hockey, I was tuning into that, you know, to watch their games. It was obvious where their limitations were, but they follow the same recipe that we've seen and we've talked about already on this podcast. Defense, 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 and then ultimately getting a little bit more scoring punch. So what was great to see was that they played the way they had to play, but then when you run into a team that's extremely technically skilled like Maryland at the end of the season, like that was, that was tough. So I'm I'm very happy with where this program is. And it was great to see them break through, get that monkey off their back, much like men's basketball. And I think they're well positioned for long-term success. We'll get to that more later, but absolutely very pleased. And it was fun to watch.
1: So women's basketball obviously see Vivian Stringer a legend second third place finish in the past 3 years in the Big 10 a little bit of a, a rough start and then they had that long delay with covid to my surprise they they came back so much stronger a 9 game winning streak to end the regular season beat a ranked Ohio State team at the rack on senior night Obviously, had a, had a disappointing postseason, uh, both in the Big Ten and NCAA tournament with opening round losses. But overall, I think, you know, we take a step back. This program obviously is, is one of the healthiest at Rutgers. Um, it's going to be obviously an interesting transition with all the grad transfers coming in. But, you know, as uh, as fair as I think it is to be upset with how the season finished, I think it's also hard to complain with the consistency that Stringer has delivered year after year.
0: It was a strange season. It was one of the strangest seasons of any Rutgers athletic program I've ever seen in terms of it seemed a little off at the beginning. And then we had this dramatically long COVID pause. It kept feeling like they were going to play. And then all of a sudden they just go on this win streak and they peaked a little early, kind of like field hockey, like we just talked about. They they did peak probably before it was an ideal time. And then they kind of lost a little bit of momentum at the end. I know we've had a lot of chatter on a lot of the postings about, you know, what this program is going, what's going to happen with it, what you need. Can it be successful? And obviously the way the sport of basketball is trending, we've seen, you know, Mike Krzyzewski, you know, he like see Vivian Stringer has kind of, he's a Hall of Famer, right? He's, He's seen through many of these different eras of basketball. And it's just curious, but she seems to just keep it going. I'm I'm curious to see if they can get the type of players that they're going to need long-term that that fit her scheme. Um, While the rest of the country is zigging, they're zagging and it's still working to an extent. I I am a little bit concerned, though, about, let's say, the Big Ten tournament. Because playing every day and maintaining that level of intensity is going to be quite tough. Though, when we look at a regular season, there's no reason to think that they can't have the same type of success, not necessarily winning every game like they did down the stretch this year, but to, to, to win a lot of those games and just surprise teams with their effort and intensity and just blitz them. I mean, that's basically what happened in, in that win streak.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. My one criticism all season was I thought the starters were playing way too many minutes. Um, you know, we've seen it the past few seasons. I think they tend to wear down down the stretch. Um, developing the bench I think is really key for for next season and the future. And then just ending with our with our last program that we have in this model is the consistency uh, category is women's soccer. Fifth first round NCAA tournament victory over the last seven years, ninth consecutive NCAA tournament birth. you know, really uh, they, they fell just short of the big 10 title gut punch loss to Wisconsin down the stretch
0: overall, you know, what did you think of this team uh, and how the season went? It was a good season. I think in a way it's just a ho hum season for the women's soccer team. Like this is what you come to expect from them, right? They're going to put themselves in a position that if everything breaks, right. They could advance in the NCAAs. If everything breaks right, they can advance in the Big Ten tournament. If everything breaks right in the regular season, then they're going to have a shot at a Big Ten title. So, I mean, that's kind of where we were every year, it seems like. I guess with this particular team, I thought this might have been the one to kind of reach the Final Four again because they they had good defense. They had good offense. Like, they had historically good defensive numbers, which rivaled the year that basically – they just only played defense. I think it was the year after the final four where I was like, do they even attack at times? This was the same level of defense with the scoring punch. So overall I was, I was, I was pleased. And I think that they kind of had some bad, bad luck. Like I, I, with a, a couple extra bounces here or there, they're in the final four easily. They win the big 10 tournament. I mean, it, it was that close. And again, over time, you know, you make your own luck, but this was one of those ones where they were that close on all fronts to having the best season in Rutgers history for the program
1: yeah I agree I think part of that bad luck I spoke to her last week was Amir Ali had a hamstring injury down the stretch you know barely played in 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 that first round NCAA tournament game came off the bench late to to get that game winner so I think that definitely uh, was part of it as well but I I completely agree with you so now moving on to some programs that aren't at the level of success uh, we ultimately hope they achieve but certainly showed real progress this past season we'll start with two programs uh, near and dear to your heart due to your family (laughs) uh, with gymnastics we'll start with Gymnastics, which uh, I know your your mother was uh, part of the program
0: uh, in in the past. Yeah, my mom was two-time captain of the gymnastics team at Rutgers, and so I follow the program quite closely, even though I haven't been covering it as much, and basically what you see with this team is they get better as the season goes along every year, and that's a testament to the coaching staff. I I think that as they get used to having more girls on the team, a bigger, better practice facility, recruiting is going to continue to improve. I see that this is going well, though, again, they were, they, they had a rough start to the year. So, but then they come back and they finished fifth in the big 10 championships. They, you know, surprised many, including myself, probably including their coaching staff. I think they have a very good young coach, coach Shalim Beasley. And they're one of those teams that if they all of a sudden, you know, do great and finish in the top three in the big 10, you're going to say, wow, it's not that surprising. So hopefully we're there next year.
1: Moving on to baseball, you know, huge sweep of uh, eventual champion Nebraska, who, by the way, just beat number one Arkansas two days ago uh, in the NCAA tournament. They were at 17-13 at that point. They obviously had a little bit of a rough uh, finish. That that series against Penn State was tough. Um, But overall, finished with the best uh, Big Ten season since joining the conference. uh, In Steve Owen's first full year uh, at Rutgers, and an eighth-place finish in
0: any other year they're in the Big
1: Ten tournament, uh, which didn't take place this year. Uh, What are your thoughts uh,
0: there? I can tell you, when I first got the text when we were texting and that I found out the Big Ten tournament was canceled, I was so disappointed by that for two reasons. One, because I hadn't been in it. And two, because I had confidence that they could make a little bit of noise. And if that tournament were to have taken place, like you said, they swept Nebraska. I I, I mean, this was shocking to most people. They came back and, you know, Nebraska got some revenge later in the season. But what made this team so interesting was there was never a point where they were firing on all cylinders. There were times where the hitting was good. There were times when the pitching was amazing. There were times when defense was good, but there were times when the defense let them down. They never really had it fully going at one time. And so that is what I'm going to look for next season. If they do, like, is this a juggernaut? Because coach Owens has proven to be, you know, the way he turned this around in two years so far is incredible. Now they have had a steady diet of graduate transfers. I don't know if you can keep that pipeline up forever, but Maybe next year they take a step back because they're losing their starting rotation, including Harry Rakowski, who's been just a model of consistency and one of the probably the most underappreciated records athlete of the last four years. So who knows? But this coaching staff knows what they're doing and I have full confidence in them.
1: A program I'm really excited about is men's soccer, uh, head coach Jim McEldry, who had a great success at Fordham, taking them to the Elite Eight several years ago. You know, that win over Maryland this year, even though the Terps were down, you know, just three years removed from a national championship. One uh, did go to the NCAA tournament again this year. You know, Rutgers finished with tied with their best finish ever in Big Ten play, finished fifth place, exceeded expectations. I'm really uh, high on their goalkeeper, Oren Asher, who has two years left. What were your thoughts on this team?
0: We'll start with Maryland because I think that that's a good measuring stick for this program. And in a lot of cases, all of the Rutgers programs, like we could just go down the list and say, okay, is that the right measuring stick? Field hockey, lacrosse, et cetera. So looking at that Maryland game, I watched the uh, Big Ten tournament game quite intensely. That was the first game that I would say I watched end to end. Like I caught, you know, many parts of when I could uh, of other games. But what you saw in that second Maryland game was, Rutgers was just absolutely out hustling and, you know, controlling the game on the outside. And what Maryland did was just kind of try to basically let Rutgers run themselves crazy and just funnel the ball outside, funnel the ball outside, funnel the ball outside and hope that Rutgers didn't get lucky with a big crosser. It was obvious to me in that game that Rutgers is going to scare teams. And when I went back and looked back at some of the highlights and some of the other footage from the previous games later in the season, it was kind of the same thing. Other teams seemed like they were just like, hey, we got to just survive and advance this game because, you know, Rutgers has the size and the speed, but maybe their skill level isn't quite to the level of the other Big 10 programs yet. But if that happens, I mean, watch out. And soccer is is a sport that you can get that when you're in your late teens, early 20s. Like it's, it's not like some of the other sports where if you haven't played, been playing field hockey your whole life, it's kind of hard to just all of a sudden just become an amazing skilled field hockey player. I think that in uh, men's soccer, we're going to see the skill level of this program improve and watch out. Like it's, it's entirely possible that they could you know, finish in the top two in the conference next year, like just with what I saw at the end of this season.
1: I'm glad you brought up Maryland because, interesting enough, I, I looked last night. Uh, there, so the Director Cup standings, which measures the entire athletic season uh, across the country for all, all the different programs, um, it just got posted for the fall and the winter. The spring results won't end up until July. But through those uh, fall and winter seasons, believe it or not, Rutgers is 60th nationally, just behind Maryland at 55. So I was surprised that Maryland was was at 55, but the fact that Rutgers is right behind them, obviously. Maryland came in much better positions uh, to come into the Big Ten. Uh, it took many years for Rutgers to catch up, but I, I actually look at that as a huge positive um, that, you know, with the history that Maryland has and the success they've had across the board with their athletic department uh, for Rutgers to be right behind them this year, I think is, is certainly a testament for the progress that's been made. Jumping off to last program uh, in terms of making progress uh, before we talk about football is uh, volleyball. Caitlin Schweighoffer first season, unbelievable progress, three and 117. The first, six seasons in the Big Ten, she went six and fourteen, including sweeps over Maryland and Michigan State to end the season on a four-game winning streak. Uh, a winning streak that was more wins than they had in previous six years. Uh, what were your thoughts on on her her performance, uh, you know, as head coach for this program?
0: First, let me just say that I think your interview with her on a previous podcast was one of the best, if not most enlightening, that you, we've ever had on on one of the On the Banks podcasts. I mean, her answers were so indicative that she knows what she's doing. She talked about culture. She talked about blending international players. She talked about how if they had a play in the fall without the extra preparation that she's not sure how it would have went. Like She seems to have that, that Greg Sciano level of understanding every dimension of the program that was incredible for her first year on the Banks. Uh, in terms of actually their performance on the court, Yes. I mean, you could see they, they kind of started out high and surprised a couple of teams. And then it was a very long stretch. And if they didn't rebound for those last two sweeps, I mean, the record would have looked the same as they had. Whereas it was nice to see that. So you could say, OK, this was not the same team. This is not the same Rutgers, just on paper. And I think that recruits, it's very important for recruiting for them to see that that win total increase. So, again, very pleased, was fun. You know, with the Big Ten as the such a premier volleyball conference, this could be real interesting. This could be a real interesting program to watch.
1: I think you make a really good point, too, that, you know, in looking at a lot of the programs, uh, you know, with uh, men's basketball, with the way baseball just finished, with the way volleyball finished, women's lacrosse had a long losing streak. These are all programs that had bad runs during the year, but I think due to strong culture and coaching, they were all able to recover and have a certain level of success to finish the season. And I think that that speaks to football as well, as we segue in, because I think obviously they had that um, shocking season opening win over Michigan state. There certainly was, was some, uh, some, a tough road at points, some tough losses throughout the season. But I think for me, how I saw success with Rutgers football this past season was they just they never stopped coming. Uh, there was a definitely a renewed sense of fire under this team that hadn't been there really since Shiano had been there the first time. And and overall for you, how surprised were you with the success they were able to achieve and um, you know, h- how surprised were you that Shiano was able to get what he got out of them, uh, you know, in a first year that was during a pandemic and everything else. Both good questions.
0: First of all, I wasn't as sold on the Shiano 2.0 when he was rehired in the first place. I, I didn't think it was a bad move. What, I, I'm not saying that. I, I, I just was, didn't expect this. I, I, I just did not expect this. So the, let me answer the question about the, in, the, the existing personnel. That is probably one of the most impressive things I've seen as a Rutgers fan in any sport is just how you took a team that was not even competitive. I mean, if you look at the last three years, that losing streak, uh, 21 games, I think, in the Big Ten. How many of those games were they even within one score by halftime? I mean, five, six, I think. I think we counted them out one day. That was amazing, right? And then you take a look at just the, the fire and the passion that the program played with. It's amazing to me as someone who played football, how the same people can all of a sudden just be running around like wild men. And I think that the biggest takeaway from that. Is the philosophy, and again, similar to what we talked about with Coach Schwihafer, is like we need our players to think quickly so they can act quickly. Not overwhelm them with information, but just keep it simple and let them run wild. And that's basically what the football program did on the defensive side of the ball. And then you saw it a little bit on offense too by allowing them to play fast. I mean, that's nothing we've ever seen at this at this university in terms of football pacing. So I think just keeping it simple and hammering home those messages is something that we forgot how important that was since Coach left after his first uh, stint.
1: So right now, as
0: we record this in early
1: June, the Rutgers uh, 2022 recruiting class is currently ranked fifth nationally, second in the Big Ten, only behind Ohio State. Obviously, they're not going to finish that high, you know, unlikely to get any five stars. So once those programs start adding five stars, uh, you know, based on the average player rating right now of 88, they'll probably fit somewhere between 15th and 20th, which still will, will go down as the greatest recruiting class on paper you know, how surprised are you that Shiana was able to hit the ground running like this, especially during a pandemic where, you know, they weren't able to have kids on campus. And do you think that they'll be able to sustain this level of recruiting success moving forward?
0: Okay. It's a many part question. One is, and I'll get to this in a minute, but I think that the Rutgers football program benefited more than a lot of their other counterparts because of the pandemic. And the reason I say that is because two reasons. One is that When you're a player and you get to go to, you know, Penn State and see their crowd and see their excitement during the season, like that's just a different environment, right? So Rutgers didn't have to compete with that, for example. And I know they're not going head to head with Penn State for a lot of recruits, but you know, just that's a different experience. The second thing is that other schools, you know, just swoop into New Jersey and that's how they convince their top prospects to go to that school. Well, that wasn't happening during the pandemic either. So Rutgers' main advantages of the local kids, you know, being so close was not, didn't hurt them like it usually does. So I think that maintaining this level of recruiting success is going to be very difficult to do. Now, if they can keep this particular recruiting class together, then, I mean, I'm expecting, you know, 25, top 25 to 40 recruiting classes year to year, which is a, what you can expect of a, a middle tier, you know, power five program. So I think that was your question the two questions that you asked.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's a great point. I think, uh, I also think, you know, from a fan base perspective, I personally think this team will be better this year, but that won't necessarily translate, uh, into a lot more wins. So I think that managing those expectations with recruits as well, um, is going to be key moving forward. We went through a lot, we covered a lot of ground, uh, with so many programs, obviously we didn't cover everyone, but, uh, there's a lot to be obviously excited about. Um, wanted to finish off with some quick hits in terms of looking forward. So, to ask you first, the big uh, kind of uh, pink elephant in the room that I get tweeted at me often is when is Rutgers going to win a Big Ten title? Who do you think, which program is best positioned to do that next season first?
0: Uh, I would say rowing or men's lacrosse, and the reason being that it's the the shortest path, right? Because from rowing, if you have a good, you know, par- performance at the Big Ten title, you championships, you win it. And then with men's lacrosse, if they go back to a five-game season, I mean, there's an entire chance that, you know, maybe you lose one to Maryland, but, you know, two different teams go four and one or a bunch of teams go three and two. And I think they have enough talent that, you know, if, if, if Maryland takes a step back, then that could be it. So I'd say women's rolling or men's lacrosse, but I'm being a little bit cheating here because it's simply based on opportunity. They have the shortest path to do so.
1: Yeah, I think those are great points. Uh, my pick would be women's soccer. I think with uh, Amira Ali back, they have Frankie Tagliaferri, uh, the All-American transfer from Penn State. You add um, a top another consecutive uh, top 10 recruiting class. Emily Mason was the uh, high school player of the year two years ago. So I think they're just absolutely loaded. You have Megan McClellan back in goal. I, I'm really excited to see what they can do. But I think like you were talking this past year, they were so close to really making another Final Four run, I think this fall is when they do it. Moving on, what's the program you, you expect to make the biggest jump next season?
0: Well, I would say men's soccer because what I saw on the field is just a couple touches away from a lot more victories, potentially. Goal here or there, and I, I think they have the, the physical you know, Big Ten players that they need already, where some of the other programs don't. Uh, that would be my first choice. And my second choice would probably be women's lacrosse. But the reason I wasn't sure where to put them was I'm not sure what a big jump is for them. Like, is it just having a bigger regular season record? Is it is it winning more in, in the NCAA? I, I don't know. It, it probably depends on how you look at that.
1: Yeah. Women's lacrosse was it was an interesting season because they did actually finish with a losing record. But of course, right. it was all. They finished fourth in the Big Ten, so I actually that's going to be my pick. Um, I think with uh, Cassidy Spillis and Megan Ball, you have two legitimate stars there. If T.T. Aslansky comes back for a super senior year, one of the best uh, players in program history, I think they could really jump into the top two, uh, three in the Big Ten, which would put them, you know, top ten in the country. Um, And yeah, how that turns out, NCAA tournament wins, we'll see. But I think they'll really step up
0: uh, in year two under Lehman. Uh, Program best positioned long term. Absolutely. Number one, women's soccer. And number two, men's lacrosse. The reason I say that is we'll start with men's lacrosse. They got the monkey off the back, right? So that's a hotbed for talent. And really seeing a program like Stony Brook being so good. I mean, they're a sleeping giant as part of the state of New York university system. Rutgers has a lot of advantages over the Stony Brook, right? So if both, if that team can be that good, then I would expect Rutgers can call a lot more of the local talent here. Now that you can sell the players on the fact that, Hey, you can win here. You don't need to go to, you know, Michigan, or you don't need to go to Ohio state. Like you can stay home. I, I think that that's a thing, but on women's soccer, I mean, the number of girls in the state of New Jersey that play soccer at a density perspective is just higher than everywhere else. So you have the talent pool and this coaching staff has proved that they can win. So when you combine, you know, the, the recruiting with the on-field success, I mean, there's no one close to where women's soccer has been over this last few years. So I don't see that changing anytime soon.
1: I agree with you on women's soccer, uh, just to offer an alternative. I think uh, just based on how quickly they've improved and, and with the job he's done, I think rowing long-term, you know, for him to get them uh, as a top 10 program within three years, obviously, you know, rowing recruiting, it's, it's a huge program, but you know, they had two key freshmen on that varsity eight boat this year. I think they're just going to keep getting better. I think this program of any is going to be a top 10, top five fixture for as long as Justin Price is here. Uh, and then last question, what should overall expectations be in your mind for the athletic department moving forward um, based on the, uh, the progress they've made under Pat Hobbs, um, the facilities, the, the step up in Big Ten, and just what the future should hold?
0: Okay, I'll try to be as quick as I can on this one. So I I alluded to this earlier. I think Rutgers sports benefited more than a lot of other programs from the pandemic, relatively speaking. I mean, it was hard for everybody, but I think that there were some advantages that they had other than men's basketball, which it hurt, and women's soccer, I think it might have hurt. But everybody else, I think, relatively speaking, benefited. For example, boosting women's soccer and football recruiting, like, very helped. I think overall, what I'm looking for is Rutgers to just be a legitimate Big Ten team in all sports obviously you might have an outlier like obviously you know we had one program we didn't really talk about softball they, they they really had a tough year this year but other than that everybody else was a legitimate big 10 team game in and game out that said we also want to see some sports become a consistent winner so i got you know men's lacrosse women's lacrosse field hockey women's soccer maybe even women's basketball and wrestling all those programs have a chance to be perennial powerhouses in the conference but everyone just be at a big 10 level please
1: <laughs> very well said david anderson always a pleasure i uh, really appreciate all the great insight you just gave uh, always appreciate uh, everything you contribute to the site as well uh, great to talk to you thanks so much for being here and um have a great rest of summer i can't wait to talk more uh, once the next year uh, kicks off in august thanks so much again to david anderson for joining us i should note he was on our first podcast ever with our former host lance glenn so it's good to have him back on episode 98 You know, as we said, a lot of excitement with Rutgers Athletics with so many programs headed in the right direction. Fortunately, we don't have too long to wait with uh, the fall season set to to begin in August and and it being early June. So we'll have uh, plenty to talk about throughout the summer and I'm excited for the programming we have upcoming. Make sure you uh, continue to check out On the Banks daily as we have plenty of coverage there as well. And you can find this podcast and all of our 98 podcasts on Apple, Google, on our uh, website, on thebanks.com, as well as wherever else you find podcasts. Thanks again for listening. It was quite a year here at Rutgers, and uh, we look forward to next season for all the programs. Certainly a bright future ahead here on The Banks.